Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome. Today, we're going to take it in with John 12, 46, using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And with me today is my friend, Katie Mason. Katie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. I'm so excited to have you because we've never done this together before, and I cannot wait to hear you share a little bit about what God taught you as you were studying this verse. So Katie is an author and a speaker who helps people find freedom in Christ, and we got to know each other through the group Sisters Forward that we're both contributors in, and so I am just so appreciative of you joining with me to talk about John 1246. And so John 1246 in the NIV says this, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And just a little book overview of the book of John, the gospel of John. This is from um, the passion translation, and you can find all the resources that I use in the show notes today. The author is the apostle John. He was a son, one of the sons of a fisherman named Zebedee, a man who was a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, had seen the miracles of Jesus firsthand and heard the anointed words he taught. He walked with Jesus and followed him wholeheartedly, and he describes himself as the one whom Jesus loves. We see that in John 21, a couple of different places. I love Katie that he describes himself as the one who Jesus loves because I feel like there's like a confidence in that, right? So much so. I love that about John, that he's not afraid to claim who he is. Yes. I love that too. And I want to put my name in there. Like, you know, that I am the one that Angie is the one that Jesus loves because it's true, but it it feels bold, but I want to be bold like that. Yeah. Um, Chapter 12, where we're going to be hanging out today has 50 verses in it. This is from the Enduring Word Commentary. Uh, They they title it, The Hour Has Come. So there's several sections in there. Um, There's a dinner at Bethany in verses 1 through 11. There is the triumphal entry in verses 12 to 19. And then there is this section, The Hour Has Come, which they list as verses 20 to 50. And this section uh, 46 is a final appeal to belief where Jesus makes a last passionate appeal to the multitude. And he does that by saying, this is 12, 44 to 46. Then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me, the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. And then our verse 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And so start us off, Katie, with step one. Um, Well, step one is to define our word. And our word today is light. 
Um, and so when I first looked up the word light, I, there's, there's close to 40 different definitions for light. Um, but some of the ones that the Lord really highlighted for me was a source of illumination, probably the most common. It can be a point of view or aspect from which a concept person or thing is regarded. Uh, it could be a flame or something used to create a fire, um, an open view, a visible state or condition of public observance. Um, and then the one that really uh, it's as an adjective, it could be, it can mean to be not encumbered or unembarrassed, clear of impediment. Mm. And those are all from wordhippo.com. And then the opposite, the opposite of light. Some of the, some of those were um, the opposite of that, which makes visible meaning gloom, dim, shadowiness, um, the opposite of time of day illuminated by the sun. So dullness, sadness, and absence of light. Um, and then if you take light as a mental enlightenment, the opposite of that would be stupidity, vagueness, or misconception, um, not an able person. And then if we think about it in terms of that last definition, that we're not encumbered and unembarrassed. The opposite would be to not have that fervent, passionate emotion, to be apathetic, lethargic, passive, or even droopiness. Droopiness. Yeah. 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 I love the, it was a little bit challenging because light did have so many definitions. And so I'm so, thank you for doing that work for us. I think we, when we plug in some of those opposites. That's when I always kind of feel when I plug in the opposite to the verse, I can feel how powerful the the right use of the verse is, if you will. Because if you if you if you listen to Jesus say, I have come into the world as droopiness. I have come hmm. into the world as um gloom, right? I have come well, that feels so heavy. It feels so wrong. And yes. I think that helps me embrace what he's saying he has come into. It is the 180 of that is the opposite of that. Um, and yet so often I find myself not embracing what he is, what he declares about himself. Just like we were just saying about John, he, we yeah. know that he loves us, that he, he promises he loves us. So that is non-negotiable. And yet it still feels slightly uncomfortable or too bold to say, I am the disciple that Jesus loves. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Step two is investigate. And part one of the investigate step, we divide it up into four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. And this was really, really challenging for me because this is one of those words where every translation I looked in, they all said light. Did you happen to see anything else in a translation that, no, uh, I didn't either. So um, I'm going to ping it right back to you because Part two of the investigate step is to look into the original word. And uh, we do that often by using the Strong's concordance, but I won't speak for you, Katie. What did you find as you looked into the original word? Um, I went to Blue Letter Bible and then clicked on Strong's yes. concordance. And it's G5457. Um, and so phos is the Greek word, um, meaning uh, and that's foche, not foe, sorry, um, from the obsolete foe to shine or make manifest, especially by rays. And then um, the root word fa or fun express light as seen by the eye um, or as a metaphor, reaching the mind, make appear or evident uh, like phosphorescent light bearing. 
Um, mm -hmm. It requires an organ adapted for its reception. Um, and then the Lord Jesus as illumination of men, he makes us able to see. That was my summation. Yes, I love that. It requires that. an organ. Say that again. It requires an organ adapted for its reception. Yes, I love that so much. The Vines Dictionary said something similar to that, but I like your shortened version of it better uh, because it's just easier to pick up. But like, if we want to see something, our eye has to be able to receive it. You know, if we want to understand something, our mind has to be able to receive it. If we want to feel something, our heart has to be able to, I'm not saying, you know, and as we experience the light of Christ in a variety of different ways, because as you said, those definitions, I was saying yes to all of those things, right. That you were saying that this is what Christ is to us in different circumstances. And yet we will not see or experience or understand or be illuminated or have his will in us. Illumin we will do none of those things if we have not prepared ourselves or if we don't continually prepare ourselves to receive what it is he's like revealing or explaining to us. Right. I think that's why in Romans, there's such an emphasis on transformation, transformation yes. of our minds, of our hearts, of our bodies, like all that language about growing and pursuing and um, leaning in to the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts. That's why it's so necessary because on our own, we are not adapted to see the light. We're adapted towards darkness and hiding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's also how sometimes, and I would say this is true for me with you, how sometimes I can feel so connected to someone, even if I don't know a lot about them, because the Holy Spirit in me recognizes mm -hmm. the Holy, like there's this understanding, right? Somehow the Holy Spirit, yeah. as I have come closer to Jesus, I have this respect and love and admiration for someone else who loves him that way. And so I already love them because they love him. And so the getting to know them is like secondary to the love or something almost because there's this, the, my soul is prepared to greet people who also have a soul that is pointed towards him. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And um, I would agree that that is a connection point. I mean, that's why I think the Lord told us why we're sisters. We're sisters in him because we have that commonality. And that's why Jesus kind of said, it, you don't just love the people that you're friends with. You have to love the people you don't feel that connection to. And that's super hard for me because I don't like being uncomfortable and um, putting myself out there for people. I don't know how they're going to receive that where there's a, there's a recognition and kind of understanding when, when Holy Spirit talks to Holy Spirit versus when we go out into the world. But that again is why we need Christ to teach our eyes spiritually and physically to see people as his creation. Yeah. And to, and again, to be that light, like help me understand what you would do here so that I can do mm. it so that I can be yeah. you for them to the very best of my ability. Hey friend, I'm popping in to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the Steady On email newsletter. Did you know every Friday I send encouragement and study resources to over 2,400 email inboxes? It's a joy and a privilege to do so. And if you're not receiving these gifts, I would love to get you signed up. 
Currently, I'm sending a new printable download to everyone who subscribes. It's 10 promises that help when I'm hurting. And on it, you will find verses of scripture linked with promises of God that are go-tos for me when I'm struggling. And if you're already a part of the email community, you can still have the resource. You'll find the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. So part three in the investigate step is to read some commentary. I have a little bit from John Gill, and these are kind of my paraphrase, but he says, God's people are in darkness when Christ shines in upon them and infuses the light of faith into them. Then they are no longer in darkness. The darkness is past, at least in a great measure, and the true light shines in which they see light, they see glory and the grace of Christ and the invisible realities of another world. Nor, nor do they continue in the darkness of sin or ignorance and unbelief, but they walk in the light of true faith and true holiness until the perfect day comes when all the shadows of remaining darkness will flee away. That's a lot of words I know, but there is this like invitation of the unfolding, right? The unveiling. Um, when we, I, when I've had what I call like a, a spiritual aha moment or something, sometimes it's about my own pride it's about, I mean, some, I mean, I think about my relationship with my husband, most of all, because sometimes that relationship is the key to like letting you see yourself the best, even though it's the scariest sometimes, but I just, <laughs> it's this, it lets the light in of this is hard, or this is a, a continuation of, uh, of a trouble in your relationship or something like that because of this in you. Right. And when we let him in, he shines light on who we are as well, which can be so incredibly helpful in our and for me anyway, I guess I'll speak for myself in our relationships. No, you can speak for me too. It's true. <laughs> like, that's why they say like when you take a personality test or aptitude test, you really should have someone who knows you well take it because they see maybe not just the part you want others to see. They see the more inner parts of you. I read just today an essay and in it, there was a line that says our goals often are loftier than we really are. And so to have someone in your life or a few people that can really see your true intentions, no matter how hopeful your goals are, but to understand who you really are is special. Yeah, And that's, again why Christ is so important. Yeah. And building community. Yeah. Yeah. Even when he's able to say to me, like you were saying, I know this is who you want to be for me. Let me show you, let me shine the light on what's in the way of that, my love. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the place that we need to do some work or that I invite you to lean in and trust me a little bit more than you are and let go of trusting in yourself because that will actually um, help you be more of who you, I see your heart and who you really want to be for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good yeah. word, Katie. Well, part four of the investigate step is to uh, rewrite the verse in our own words. And so Katie, how did you rewrite this verse? Okay. I tried to not to add too many words, but I do <laughs> like that. there was a lot of good in the definitions. Uh, Jesus is here within me and you making us able to see his light. So we will no longer live in a vague, apathetic, or gloomy way. We can walk with Jesus, knowing we are a source of illumination, a flame used to start something for his kingdom. I love that so much. I wrote down, we will no longer live in a vague, apathetic, gloomy way. That is mm -hmm. so encouraging and hopeful and filled with this light that we're talking about. 
It doesn't have to be like ambiguous. I think apathetic. And I think of um, like atrophy when our muscles, like if we can't use our muscles for a little while or something like that, and they get so weak. Right. And that's what our spiritual life and this light, I mean, it can, it can dim not because the light actually dims, but like our connection to the light dims. And then we feel like we're farther from it and we can go to that gloomy, vague, like not trusting place. But then he calls us back into it. If we will receive that call, then yeah. We might not have all the understanding of the what and why of the circumstances, but when we have a deep understanding of who he is, I think that's bigger than, no, I know it is. That's bigger than what we don't understand about the particulars of the circumstance. Yeah. 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 A step three is to find the character or the heart of God. And um, we do that using a variety of lists in the scriptures and all those are on the study sheet if you want to take a look at them. But I pulled out a couple that were important to me as we were talking. I couldn't not pick out light and salvation, like mm-hmm. that, that following him brings salvation and freedom from the holds of the world, which often does feel dark. Um, it feels, I think, chainy, if you will, like confining mm-hmm. and dark, you know, I think the world can sometimes, or we feel like we're, it's maybe it's a relationship or a circumstance or something that we can't break free from. Um, but he, uh, but knowing his light, is what frees us from the holds of whatever it is that threatens to hold us down or hold us tight or hold us captive. And then I also wrote that he was pure, that he is pure, that, um, that he is radiant and, um, and that what he, his light is pure. The Lord taught me something a while back about what I call two kinds of shiny, (laughs) that there is the shiny of people that comes from in, it's like his glory, his shine, his light that's in us that gets out. But then there's also sometimes the shiny that people like put on them that far away also kind of looks like this glory shine, but up close, it's kind of like greasy and it kind of gets gross after a while. Right. And, and so, and, but I think what he's invited me to know about that is like, we do it both. We do both. And, um, and so my job as I am trying to deepen my relationship with the Lord to become more like him is to recognize the place where I'm trying to put the shiny on the outside instead of actually letting the shiny be from the inside out, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I was thinking about this with him, I was like, his shiny is that radiant sparkling kind, not the greasy kind, like, you know, the Mm -hmm. light that comes from me will be pure if it is the light that comes from him not the kind that I'm trying to put on myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Step four is to identify the lie. And we do this partly because I think when we say the lie, when we identify the lie, then we can speak Mm -hmm. truth to it. But sometimes just saying the the lie out loud and how ridiculous it kind of sounds as if like, I'm not the disciple Jesus loved, you know, that kind of thing then, but then I think it helps us know that it's in there, right. That we're kind of considering that. So what did you, what did you find? What's your lie today? Um, the lie is that I live in darkness, Mm. that the Lord is, is hiding from me, the things that he has for me, that he's left me alone to figure that out. Speaking of shinier and outward shiny, like that distraction, that there's shinier things over there that I need to do because, um, it's just too hard because if I, if I am trying to do it on my own, it is too hard. And so if I believe that he's left me alone to figure it out, I'm going to grow tired because I'm trying in my own self to figure it out. Um, So those are the lies. 
Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that's good to say those. And I, you know, for me, I, I match that. And I say also like that shiny that we can put on the outside, like it's so tempting because that shiny is like a quicker way to what we want sometimes, right? Like I can put on this shiny and it's more profitable or it's more acceptable or it's more than sort of allowing God and trusting God and being patient with God as he's patient with us because he doesn't move at the speed sometimes. <laughs> often at the speed I wish that he would move for me and uh, and be able to say, no, I am going to sit here and wait and trust you and know that your light is within me and you desire your light within me to be out of me. And I won't take shortcuts and try to put the shiny on, on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. So step five is simply called, so what, where we just write down a takeaway. We record a takeaway and I wrote mine like this. Watch for ways that I am inviting compromise and leaning into the light from the world instead of the light of Christ. The wrong kind of shiny. (laughs) Understanding and connecting to the world will lead me away from understanding and connecting with Christ. It's one of those things that for me, it's always that how much in the world is becomes of the world, right? I mean, we're, cause we're called to be a light here where we've been planted, where we've been put. And then yet it gets so tempting sometimes to compromise the light that is ours for the darkness mm-hmm. that feels sometimes, I don't know what does it feels better somehow? Well, it sometimes I think when we, when we're in darkness or gloominess or fog, it, it's kind of comforting. Like if you think about being wrapped up Mm. in fog outside. Like right now where I live, it gets foggy in the mornings and it's kind of cool to be in and enveloped. Just, you don't know what's out there. I mean, it can be a little eerie and creepy, but you can't see what is beyond your face. And so you also can't worry too much about what's beyond your face or how you're going to mess that up. So there's a comfort in our gloominess because it's all we know it's it it's very consuming because it's all around us and so until the light comes through in those rays of light like it said in strongs um we can't know that we're in gloom because it's all we see and if it's what we see and know that's comforting because we know how to react to that we've built up our um coping mechanisms to deal with all of that and it's it's scary to start new even with the help of the lord it is it can be really frightening to change you've got the challenge of overcoming what you've built up you've got outside influence that says who are you to change you've got the world that says it's okay to just feel how you feel you deserve to be there you deserve to react and live this way because you've been through hard things. Um, And if I embrace that, then I do become stagnant and atrophy. And um, that's why the Lord shines his beams on us. That's why he's radiant and so powerful through the gloom, because he knows that he is there and can overcome it. Like if we replace gloom, like that's a kind of dying. If we stay in that, and the Lord doesn't want that for us. It it doesn't mean it's all like outwardly shiny and happy and beautiful. It's still going to be um, dark, but we're not alone in the dark. We are illuminated. Yeah. We're illuminated from within like a flashlight in a cave 
that guides us forward on the path to wherever that leads. Um, and I think that's, that's the part we miss. Like when, when we always want to jump to the outward shiny, I went off what you asked me originally, <laughs> but when we want to jump, when we want to jump out of the gloom quickly, because it, we realize it's not safe and there are things to worry about and it's, it's causing us to not move forward. We miss also the lesson of obedience and surrender to the power and authority of Christ in our lives. And then we miss out on the maturing and the lesson. Like that's why Paul tells us, like we have to go through trials so that we can build perseverance so that we can be steadfast and um, enduring because if we if we don't practice that, if we don't have the Lord building in us the tools to break out of the gloom, we're just going to stay there. I love that. I love two things about, well, several things about what you were just saying, but I love that you acknowledge that the change is scary because there's this, there's this moment, once we step out of the gloom and into the light, the light will become what we want. It will, mm -hmm. but there's mm -hmm. this moment that we're in like neither place almost, right? There's this decision right. moment. And that moment is the reason that keeps us in the fog. It keeps us in the dark, right? right? And so I just, whoever's listening that needs this today, you can do this. You can take a step out from underneath that fog and step into the light, whatever that means. And you know what it means. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but you know what it means today. And then I think about your fog too, because I hear sometimes like on the weather when the sun comes up and it burns off the fog or something like that, there's like this, it's the, it's the raising of the light that makes mm -hmm. the fog submit. Right. But it's yeah. a process, maybe over an hour or, you know, uh, be careful on your commute until the sun comes up, whatever, you know, these kind of yeah. things. Because the, and so as that's changing, it may not, it will not, I'll be bold and say it will not feel comfortable uh, as mm -hmm. you're navigating it. And yet the sun will break through and it will be stronger than the dark. Um, and that's, that's just a nice. problem. It's not my promise. It's, it's his, it's his promise. So yeah. yes. Yeah. This has been fantastic. And so those are some of our takeaways and we would love to hear your takeaway. You can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, I would love, I would be grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll receive every episode. And we're going to encourage you to tune in this week on Wednesday for the Live It Out episode. My, uh, my guest is going to be David McGuire and David um, he sat with me and visited with me to talk about how God has brought healing into his life from PTSD. He is a military. I think he spent three tours in Iraq and struggled with PTSD when he returned home, but how God has helped heal him from PTSD and now how he serves families who have soldiers in their life that are dealing with PTSD. And so his story will be a live it out on this verse, John 12, 46. And again, I just want to thank you so much for listening. And Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a gift to have you. Thank you. It was great to be here. Yeah. And I pray, friend, wherever your day takes you, that you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace. <laughs>